hardest part about Christianity at times can be the one we say we love the most, we've never seen. We've never touched them, never had a conversation with them. And that can be hard. And we want to have this significant connection to our God and King Christ. And I, we believe, Justin and I, that scripture can do that for us. And that there are times that through the stories and illustrations and the epistles that we can experience the intimate and emotional side of Christ. Dare we say there's an experienced side of the Christian faith. Stay tuned. If you're new to Theocast, you may not have heard of this word. It's called pietism. Have you ever felt like the Christian life is a heavy burden versus rest and joy? That you wake up worrying about how well you're going to perform instead of thinking about what Christ has done for you? It's dread versus joy, really. That's pietism. Pietism causes Christians to look in on themselves and find their hope, not in what Christ has done, but what they're doing. And we have a little book for you. It's free. We want you to download it. And we're going to explain the difference between pietism and what we call confessionalism. Reformed theology, really. How it is that we walk by faith, seeing the joy of Christ. And when Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest, what does that look like? You can download it at our website. Just go to theocast.org. Welcome to Theocast, encouraging weary pilgrims to rest in Christ. Conversations about the Christian life from a reformed, pastoral, and covenantal, confessional. Lots of things. Guys who are broken who love to talk about Jesus kind of way. Mm-hmm. Guys who love the law and the gospel and different things. Like Your that. hosts today are Justin Perdue, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church in Asheville, North Carolina, who by God's grace is sitting right across the table from me today. For those of you who don't know it, he's normally sitting across the web verse. Yep. through webcams, and I'm John Moffat, I'm the pastor of Grace Reformed Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee. And Justin, we're in San Diego, my friend. Tell them why. Yeah. Why are we in San Diego? We're in California together. I enjoy California, first of all. Sure. It's been it's great. One of, it's it's been one of my favorite places to visit. Yep. And I am, for those watching on the YouTubes, I'm wearing a suit right now, and uh, <laughs> that might really throw some off because I, <laughs> yeah, I am not usually dressed like this. Occasionally, I'm wearing flat bill hats, and I'm getting roasted for those. Mm. Um I like to dress up. I like to wear suits, but I'm wearing a suit because we have been here for the last few days and we went to at least a portion of the Westminster Seminary California conference. But mm-hmm. the day before that conference, we did a one day event, Theocast, you and me, with our friend Chris Gordon from Abounding Grace Radio. We had a one day conference at Chris's church on hope and for no, suffering and the hope of Christ's return. Right. And it was really good. It was a sweet day. We were encouraged by it. Yeah. Shout out to a number of you that we got to see in person. Yeah, it was Meet great. for the first time or see again. Always encouraged by you. You guys are so kind. And it was uh, a better turnout than we thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, it was great. It was yeah. a good event. So we're thankful to the Lord for that. We went to church this morning at Escondido URC. We heard a wonderful we sermon. We saved the goods, man. By John Payne, who <laughs> pastors so Christ Church Presbyterian in yep. Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, so good to meet him. Mm. And uh, he's a friend of Chris's. And we hope maybe a friend of ours. In the yeah, I might be able to get him on. So that's why we're here. So we're, we're sitting, not either one of us, in the normal studios where we are. We're sitting together in a house in Escondido, California. Yeah. And we get to talk about Jesus today. 
And I can go ahead and pivot that direction, John, if you want me to. Yeah. Well, just for those of you that are like, hey, I want to, I want to, I want to uh, know more about that conference. Well, they can go to the community. Yeah. The, it's all of that will be posted in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably first is where we post everything and then eventually go to our website. And then right. the uh, recordings of the podcast, those will come out later in a few weeks. And if somebody's listening and they're like, John, how would I get into the Theocast community? I've never heard of this. That's great. Well, it is a community. It's like Theo, sorry, it's like Facebook. But there are no other advertisements. Mm-hmm. There's nothing it's else going on thing. other than conversations about the faith. Mm-hmm. And yeah, over a thousand people in so there. So it's the Circle app. The Circle app. Yeah, just go to theocastcommunity.org mm-hmm. and you uh, will only be engaging in content about Reformed theology and the gospel and Word. prayer requests. It's wonderful. So our talks from the conference will be there. They will be there. The panels from the conference will be there. Mm-hmm. So people can listen in on those. And then the pod, we recorded a podcast in the morning with uh, Dr. Chris Gordon. That will come out later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the morning mm-hmm. after. No morning of that. that well, yeah. The live pod. Live pod. Yeah, and then we did done, yeah. another podcast. Which, which will was, come out on the regular feed. Right. Which was, yeah. So we, that we, was a sweet conversation. That's yeah. what's wonderful about these trips is it just allows us to meet you, uh, create more content, be able to partner with uh, exactly. Dr. Bob Godfrey as well. Yeah. That's all of that. It, so. the, the opportunity to meet other, uh, brief comment on this. I think we live in a day where this is not the purpose of our show today, but I think it was bouncing around my brain a minute ago when we were talking about things. Mm. Um, the word Catholicity is thrown around a lot. Yeah. And Catholicity for those out there who are like, what bro, what in the world do you mean? <laughs> it means a willingness to participate with other brothers and sisters that might not be in your same tradition. So Catholic meaning universal. Uh, so a willingness to engage more universally speaking with the universal church. So in, in our case, we're confessional Baptists, but we're able to partner with Chris Gordon and get to know him and build into the friendship we have with him, though he is a minister in the United Reformed Church in North America. And John Payne right. is a minister in the Presbyterian Church of America, et cetera. Right. But for us to build relationships with guys outside of our tradition and partner with them in gospel work right. is, a th- is something that you and I value quite a bit. Absolutely. And so we're, we're unashamedly confessionally Baptist, but we really appreciate brothers and sisters in different traditions and are happy to work together. Mm. So I think it's a good thing to continue to do. And uh, these trips are valuable for that reason yeah. too. I'll throw out one prayer request. We are actively hardworking on another spring conference in another state. All of that to stay tuned. Some of yeah. you have asked about that. So yeah. we're working on it. As soon as it is available, we're going to get out to you. It might even be a year in advance. Who knows? Well, true. Spring so. of 2025, God willing, we've got some plans in the works. So, Justin, right, let's, let's Justin this one we're about to do, I'll, I'm going to apologize ahead of time if I become a blubbering, slobbering <laughs> idiot because- this subject is so important to my heart, and I know it is to you. Oh, yeah. And when you start talking about Jesus, I just lose it. So I apologize ahead of time. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> there we go. So the conversation we're going to have today, I'm going to front load it in the way that I can do, the way I tend to do. And then you can say what you want, John, and yeah. we'll be off and running. Yeah. Um, so I said to you a minute ago, this, it's a good thing that we live in a day where uh, classical theism is on the minds of people. And if you don't know that, what that means or what that debate is around. It's just, it's doctrine of God stuff. And there's been a lot of manipulation of the doctrine of the Trinity, we would say in the last 20, 30 years in the interest of social and political concerns, uh, gender roles and the like. And it's a good thing that people are recovering Nicene orthodoxy in terms of the Nicene creed. Um, It's good that people are thinking well about God's simplicity, Mm -hmm. uh, his immutability, uh, all of these kinds of things. We rejoice in that and we agree with all of our brothers and sisters who are laboring hard to that end. Doctrine of God and even the deity of God the Son and what that means, that he's the only begotten of the Father um, and how he is not eternally subordinate. 
So we're all, we're hundred percent there. Right. Right. And at the same time, you and I agree that there is a tendency also for the humanity of Jesus to be lost yeah. sometimes uh, in a way that makes him feel less approachable, makes him feel further away, makes God holistically, we're going to get into this in a minute, harder for me to comprehend, harder for me to relate to, uh, harder for me maybe in a sense to feel his love for me. Yeah, if we're going to expose our hearts, fictitious at times. Sure. Like, I don't right. know if I really feel like he's real. Yeah. He's just kind of, He's ethereal and he's exactly. and he's remote and things of that nature. So I'll go ahead and say it this way. Um, and we've we've touched on some of these things in previous podcasts. And forgive us for that. We're just going to trust the Lord and His providence that this is a really good conversation to have. In John fourteen, it's a familiar passage for many people. This is right after Jesus has said the sweet words that we're probably going to quote later about how in His Father's house there's many rooms and mm. we shouldn't be afraid. And he's going to come and get us and incredible things. And the disciples, Philip in particular, asks him, like, will you show us the Father? Mm. And he says, if you've been with me this long and you don't yet know, you don't yet understand, um, this is my paraphrase of these verses, right? And, and he says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Mm-hmm. And I've made this comment before that for me, and you're agreeing with me, so I know that at least the two guys sitting around this table agree on this. I trust many out there will too that God can feel, it's hard for me to comprehend him. Mm-hmm. Like we were just, it's hard for me to, to be like, man, I know what he's like. Though he reveals himself to us using human language, praise the Lord. He's merciful and gracious and uh, he's long suffering, right? He abounds in steadfast love and faithfulness. I mean, praise the Lord. And I can understand these attributes to a point, but in terms of what's he like, what's it like to be with him? Because that matters. Like the, the Bible in that, in one sense, John, is, this, is the story of how God is re-presencing himself with his people after the fall. And what's it like to be with him? Jesus is that revelation. You know, he is the greatest and final and most definitive revelation of God. He is God's final and greatest word. And so to consider Jesus, I think my love for the gospels mm-hmm. has grown immensely over the years, as I've thought in these terms, I want to read the gospels as a regular part of my time in scripture, because I'm able to, I'm able to see Jesus and I'm able to, he's, he's having conversations with me. He is tender toward the weak. So I know he's going to be like that toward me. And he speaks words of comfort and he speaks those to me. And I'm able to better understand who God is and what he's like. And that's so helpful for my soul. In those times when I feel like I want the intimacy with him, I want the communion with him, and yet it feels difficult because of my flesh and my sin uh, and because of the curse and we live by faith, not sight, and all the things, it's helpful Mm -hmm. to think about Christ's humanity, his tenderness, his gentleness, his compassion, particularly toward people who know they need him, uh, his wisdom, his brilliance, the way he spoke. No one ever spoke like this man, right? Things like that grip my heart. And I know they do for you. Yeah. I remember preaching John. That was my first gospel I ever preach. And um, first thing I ever preached is as a church planner, pastor. It's a pretty good one, bro. It is great. Yeah. I miss it. And, you know, John 20, towards the end, he says that I wrote all this down for you guys. That you might believe. Mm-hmm. And in believing, you have eternal life. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> when you go back and read what John wrote, he wrote about Jesus 
touching people, holding them, healing them, mm-hmm. speaking compassionately to them, traveling with them. I mean, you just see a side of the Savior that, like John's like, I want you to realize that the man who died for you mm-hmm. was a man. Yeah. Like, And we saw the compassion and love and patience of the Father. Because he says, like, if you, like you said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? And, you know, in my lecture this week, I was talking about how there are parts of the Bible that are really mm-hmm. hard for us to um, to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you if you know anything about, I, I know so little, but just about like dimensions, like first dimensions, just kind of line, just one little line that just goes horizontal. And one plane, yeah, yeah. One, one plane, and it's easy to see. Yeah, it's there's, it's not complicated and it's not understand. And then two dimensions, it's yeah, you know, two lines. Yeah. And so in the two dimensions, it's like for the most part, it's really easy. It's when you go to that third dimension, your your brain starts having a harder time understanding. But it gives you, it does give you depth, right? And well, the parts of scripture, we tend to just keep super simple, but because we simplify it, we lose the depth and the color. And really, I would say the realistic, like mm-hmm. we don't live in a two-dimensional world. No. We live in a three-dimensional like, right. There's more dimensions than that. Right. And that's why old school video games weren't as cool as the ones now in terms of the graphics. <laughs> right. Now yeah. for all those, so is it legitimate to play video games, brothers? That's another podcast for another time. Well, it also depends on who you ask if the that's 2D right. versus well, 3D. Are you, playing it, are you playing it with your children or not? Anyway, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, man. No, hey, look, Monster Moto X is something my son and I love racing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, one, one of the things that's happened to you and I and in our ministries is that it's fun to sit there and really dive down in deep into the person mm. of Christ mm-hmm. in his humanity, because we're going to live with Jesus in his humanity. Like yes. he's, he's, he, as a human, he's sitting at the right hand of God. So if you were to travel right now, for whatever reason, the Lord took you to his, his, um, his kingdom there and you were to see Jesus, mm-hmm. you'd see him as a man. Mm-hmm. That's how you see him. And when he comes back, he comes back as a man. Mm-hmm. And, why that's significant is that we are humans. And so God right. has come to relate to us as a man. It's un, it's unreal. It's, it is unreal. To me, it's a mind blow that God made humanity knowing that God the Son would become one. Right. That's part of what it means to be made in God's image in my mind. Right. And yeah. not only that's is... a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, when I start... The, the, all the stories... I've been using this illustration lately because it just works for me and it helps me. Maybe it'll help one or two of you. You know, if you ever have had to put something together, I, I've had to put together some mm. things recently, like a bike rack for my mm. kids and mm. a pull-up bar. And I'm looking at this bike rack and I'm like, how hard can it be, right? It's like yeah. a couple screws. I, <laughs> I couldn't get the, I couldn't figure out what in went where, man. It was annoying. And I was like, fine. So I'm reading the instructions, but the instructions in my brain aren't clicking. And I said, where's that box at? And I flipped the box over yep. and I see the picture. Yep. Immediately, I understand. Yep. This, what's interesting is, the New Testament doesn't say Jesus loves you. It shows you. That's what's nuts. It right. shows you I mean, how he loves sure. you. I mean, it does tell us that from the pens of the apostles. It also, Jesus himself tells his disciples he loves them. But then shows, but he shows you. no greater yeah. love than this. Right. Let me illustrate. And here's the picture. Snapshot, the cross. No, amen. It's glorious, right? right. Uh, your, your, your father loves you and he's going to heal you. Snapshot. Right. See, how, see all the miracles. Right. You know? Your father loves you. He's going to make all things new. Well, it, it, you just, you, you watch him raise Lazarus from the dead. You know what I mean? It's just, no. you get to a point where. Yeah, I am the resurrection and the life. <laughs> right. right. There that is. Right. But there's, um, for me, my brain has been 
stuck in this evidential stage because mm. I, I am one of these people where you make a claim. I kind of want to know how I know I can trust that. Uh-huh. I've been fooled too many times. Yeah. You know, I've had, well, I've had promises made and I go there and they're not there. And then when my, when my father says, there is no one greater than me. There's nobody that can separate you from my love. There's nothing more powerful than me. If they're not unvalidated claims, right? So when Jesus says that I love you, mm-hmm. I mean, there there is an intimacy there because when you look at how he loves the woman caught in adultery and the woman at his feet, uh, we're talking about the, the woman issue, had the issue of blood. Yeah. Zacchaeus, look how he loves Peter. I, right. I mean, right. Peter, do you love me? Right. You know, the, all of those stories, we should read them and this giddy anticipation going, okay, they wrote that because he turns it and says, that's the same love he has for you. That's right. It's, uh, and we don't need to go through doing, because we did this on a podcast a few right. weeks ago. I also did some of this in my conference message the other day, um, trying to hold Jesus out for us by describing some of these interactions. I find that helpful. Yeah. Um, our church has found that impactful and you and I've had sweet conversations over it too. We don't need to rehash all those things, but first Timothy one 15 and 16, Paul talks about how, you know, the saying is trustworthy and worthy of full acceptance that Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm the foremost. And then he says that effectively Christ has been this patient and this merciful with him as the chief Mm -hmm. of sinners so that the saints will know that he'll be patient and merciful with them. That's, I bring that up because that's how I think about Jesus interacting with, with these people like that you were just naming. If Jesus went to Zacchaeus, like sought Zacchaeus out, who was a, who was a sinner, mm-hmm. stops a moving parade, looks up into the tree and with exclamation calls out to him, Zacchaeus, you need to hurry and come down because I'm, I'm going to stay at your house today. I'm going to be with you today. If he says that to Zacchaeus, he says that to you, he says that to me. Mm-hmm. With the, you know, the, the woman bleeding, like we said, the most gripping part to me is when she, after she's touched the hem of his garment and Jesus stops the proceedings, who touched me, it's, I mean, I, I imagine there's a lot of gravity to this whole thing and she's afraid. She comes to him trembling and tells him everything and he doesn't stop her, but he says, he calls her daughter. You know, it's like, all right, if she could come to him trembling, because of her plight, her condition, and afraid she's done something wrong, whatever. And she's, she's shaking and she can tell him everything and he's going to call her daughter. I can tell him everything too. He's not going to stop me either. And he's going to say, son, I love you. You know, uh, if there's a man, you know, the man born blind that gets thrown out of the synagogue, Jesus has already given him sight, but it's, that's, that's not all he wants to do. He goes and finds him, seeks him out. Do you believe in the son of man? It's like, he's going to do that for you, John, and for me. Mm-hmm. He's going to come after us and he's going to ask us questions, right? In our spirit, in our mind, in our, like, in our inner being, he's going to ask us questions that's going to actually affirm and confirm us in the faith. Like, you, yeah. you're mine. Yeah. You believe in me. And we're like, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yours and I'm worshiping you. That's right. I'm so glad That's right. to know you. Like those are the ways that we think. Like if he's like that with these people, he's like that with us. That's right. Hey guys, real quick. Some of you are listening to this and it's encouraging to you, but you have questions. So where do you go? How do you interact with other people who have the same questions and share resources? 
we have started something called the Theocast Community. And we're excited because not only is it a place for you to connect with other like-minded believers, all of our resources there, past podcasts, education materials, articles, all of it's there, and you can share it and ask questions. You can go check it out. The link is in the description below. I think it's interesting when Paul says, cast all your anxiety on him, Mm -hmm. because if you don't, you're in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) No, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Exactly. You know, it's interesting. You and I have a relationship where we share often, like when we're just not doing well, just kind of discouraged or whatever. And the reason why I always love doing, I love sharing those things with you because I'm like, dude, beside my wife, you know, there are very few people and my elders, Mm -hmm. there are very few Mm -hmm. people who really care. Not, not, and that is not, I'm not impugning well, my church no, no, no. at all, No, right? But there, there is a, there's an essence where I'm like, even if when it's a, a little thing that has, like most people might think is petty, mm-hmm. you never make me feel like it's petty. My wife never makes me feel like it's petty, right? But there are times when I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to share that with anybody. Mm-hmm. And Jesus goes, but I care about it. Yeah, amen, yeah. Hey, buddy, yeah. w- w- what's on your mind, you know? And that's that's hard. I, you're you're uh, one of your pastors at your church, Mackenzie Dinkins. Um, he, you know, he's just been kind of sharing some stuff. He's been, yeah. and so I'm gonna give him credit for this. So love you, Dink. Um, you know, when Dink talks about this, I just love it. You know, mm-hmm. he says he uses this. He always uses this as a buddy. Hey, buddy. Like the Lord talk. The Lord yeah. says to us, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, buddy. I I care about you. Like I, I actually, and I'm, I'm happy to be with you. I'm happy to be with you. Yeah. And what is it you want to tell me? You know, it's like those, those are the moments I want to plop down in my chair and go, okay, well, I got some things on my mind, Mm -hmm. you know, like I don't like that. I don't really understand who you are and it Mm -hmm. feels like you're far away and I want you here now. That's right. Like you want to ask me about my anxiety and my anxiety is. That's exactly right. dude. Yeah. I love everything you're saying right now. Yeah. It's like, man, I wish I knew you better. Yeah. You know, those are, those are how I feel. And like, I don't, I don't like that. I I don't like that. I struggle with lust. I don't like that. I struggle with anger. No kidding. I mean, you talk about what makes me anxious. These are the things that make me anxious. These are the things that plague my soul. And the the response is, I care. Right. It's it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Well, and, and, and not only like it's twofold, it's that you can, and maybe this is something that the more godly people that listen to the show, people who are godlier than yeah, you. Yeah, this me, won't be for them. Maybe this won't be revelatory for them, but I think for you and me, as we've had these conversations over the course of time, you are re-reminded of the fact that you, it's like, guys, let's not forget that we can just talk to him. Like there does not, of course we approach him with reverence and awe and well, hallowed man, be your name. I respect Amen. him in ways I can't oh, even describe. I man. mean, but, but, there is, but there is, biblically speaking, we, we boldly approach the throne of grace we cast, you were just quoted, you know, we cast our burdens and anxieties upon him because he cares for us. You know, when Jesus loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end, right? And it's like, okay. Sympathetic. Sympathetic high To priest, our weakness. Sympathetic high priest, right? Exactly. All that stuff. So we're able to talk to him. He knows our hearts. He knows every thought. As he crazy knows, as this is, he knows everything. he's listening to this conversation. Yes. He knows He knows everything <laughs> that's in the inner recesses of my soul that I've never shared with anyone. He that's knows. Right. So we can just talk to him. Yeah. I love the way that you articulated what you did just now because I find myself sometimes similarly. It's just like, well, I'm just like, Father, here's where I'm at. I mean, I'm using this. Like, here's where I am. Here's where I'm at. Here's what's, here's what's hard for me right now. Here's how I feel. I don't want to feel this way. And these things are bothering me. And I just, I don't even know what to ask for. I just need help. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, it's like, it's good to do that. 
and to remind yourself that he's never irritated by those things and wants you to come and is delighted to hear from you. Dude, James and, 1, 5, without reproach. Yeah. Meaning like he's well, not going to scold you. Because I think we all, I mean, we've talked about pietism. We've talked about revivalism. We've talked about all these things over the course of years. And so much of what those things do is rather than fostering this kind of love and intimacy and right. safety and security with our heavenly father, uh, with the triune God who loves us, it actually fosters fear, distance, causes me to question everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should go to him or if I do, it's like, man, I've got to do some kind of you know, metaphorical spiritual penance right. and clean myself up or demonstrate that I'm sorry enough for my sins or that I feel badly enough about whatever's going on or I just, I'm lamenting my weakness enough or something um, so that it's appropriate for me to go to him so that I'm not a hypocrite. It's like, man, go to him. That's right. He loves us and he invites us to come. He wants to hear from us. He's with us in, in it all. Right. And well, it creates um, a, it creates so, that employee employer performance based. Right. We're like, when I'm at work, I got to be on. And he yeah. can't know that I, you know, I don't do my laundry at home. My boss can't know. And so no. we think that we're in this constant performance mm-hmm. and, how many passages of scripture have we already mentioned where it's like, he, he knows you don't have, he already knows you're weak. You don't have to, right. You know? So if I can say this, you know, we did an episode a a little while ago with Chad bird. Oh yeah. Personal relationship with Jesus question mark. And what we were aiming to get at there was the good news Mm -hmm. that this kind of hyper individualized revivalistic thing Mm -hmm. is not true. That's right. And that there is a real beautiful comforting sense in which just naming things. Uh, we have been brought from death to life and united to Christ. And now we are part of Christ's body, the church. And so in a in way, like my brothers and sisters minister to me when we gather as churches, like we sit under the ministry of the word, we receive the sacraments. Like those are very corporate, experiential, visible, tangible. God is with us times where we are pointedly and powerfully reminded that he loves us so over and that and Christ is all weekly and right. So like we were pointing to these realities of, of comfort, That's right. it's not this hyper individualized thing that you effectively are driving. Mm-hmm. It's an us and Jesus reality where even on the, as Chad so beautifully put it, even when I can't sing cause my heart's breaking, my brothers and sisters are singing for me. That's right. It's that. Like I am literally carried, I'm carried to the throne of God, as it were, by the singing of the saints, even when I can't muster it up. That's right. So those things are beautiful. And nothing that we're saying today is contradictory to that in any regard. No. But it's maybe just putting more flesh on the bone of our our relationship with Jesus is, it is very personal. That's right. And it's intimate. And it's one of love and safety and security. And we need not be afraid the ways that we so often are afraid. That's right. And we don't need to accomplish all the things that we think we need to accomplish in order to be in his presence. That's right. And for him to be delighted to be with us. And we forget, last comment is we forget that Jesus is with us. Mm. Now, how do we most tangibly experience his presence this side of the resurrection? It is when we gather. Mm -hmm. And I might talk more in a minute just about how some of the notions you have as a child are really helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, faith like a child, right? That's right. Um, I mean, all right, I'll just say it right now because it'd be stupid to try to come back to it because a lot of times you lose the flow. This won't take <laughs> long. So I don't know, you know, I don't know when 
I was united to Christ in faith, like born again. But I can remember being. We can a, settle that right now. We can write down in your Bible. Would you sure. like? Would you put like a, to say? The, would you there, like yeah. to say the prayer? Yeah. Sorry about. Just that. put your hand on my shoulder. <laughs> this is the amount of pressure. I'm sorry, man. Go. Soul winning made easy, man. Um, put your hand on their shoulder. Put this much pressure on them, right? And wait this long. And that, yeah. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm no, so sorry. Keep going. Um, <laughs> You know, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, right. You know, I was baptized at 14, but um, sorry to all our pedo-baptistic friends out there. Uh, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, but I wasn't, you know, my, my church upbringing was not one where I was in a sound church as a young person. Mm-hmm. So long in the short, the, what I meant to say is this. I can remember having, because we read the Bible in my house and, and I would go to church and occasionally would go to a good church with some friends and, and things. I was... As a, as a kid, grade school kid, I would think, because I sometimes, I've always been a perfectionist. I've always had this kind of, I've got to achieve. Yeah. Um, I can be an anxious soul. Mm-hmm. So I felt everything heavy as a kid, even mm-hmm. and like going into school, depending on what was going on that day. I would often have a sense of anxiety till I walked in the doors and saw people and settled in. Well, I would remember thinking as a kid, man, everything's okay because Jesus is with me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I could almost, in my little childlike brain, I could visualize in one sense that, like, m- my Savior is, is, is holding my hand, walking me into school, mm. and I'm going to be okay. Mm. And I don't know exactly where, you know, down the road, like, some of those kinds of thoughts, you just don't think in those ways anymore. Um, but I, in recent months and, and through conversations that we've been having, uh, you know, and as even thinking through, like, the preaching of Christ and things, I lean into stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just to remind myself of like, you know, those notions I had as a child were not wrong. That he's with me. He's with you. He's with us. You know, and it's, he's like, he's like, my boys, I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm for you. And, and I, I'm happy to be with you. And my spirit's going to continue to work in and through you. Mm. And when this is all over, we're going to be together. Mm. We're going to eat and drink. And it's going to be great. Yep. Anyway. No, I'm with you, man. When you're, t- when you're talking about this. I've had experiences in my life where, you know, I found comfort in right doctrine just, and that a lot of us just pride, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, learning like proper theology and Calvinism and, and, and then the, there was um, almost, you know, the affirmation of man being able to communicate well. I I really achieved after that and I thrived off of it. And and then after a while that gets old, you know, Mm. so so then now what do you go to? And Mm. you just realize that, there's a lot of times that you can use Jesus for your own benefit, yeah. but you don't actually are receiving the benefit of Jesus. Yeah. Like, I mean, like no matter who you lose or what goes on in your life, you have a reason to wake up tomorrow because, well, he works all things good and he loves me. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's right. Doctrine. It is, you know, well, and, wh- and whether anybody ever hears me say that or not again, for the rest of my life and I'm stuck in a prison doesn't matter is that I can wake up and say, he sees everything. He mm-hmm. sees how my temperature is up and down. Mm-hmm. He sees whether I'm hungry or not. He knows when I'm struggling with sin. Mm-hmm. He knows when I'm happy and when I'm sad. He knows all that. And he knows all of it. None of those things will ever take you from him. No. Right. Or change the way he feels about you. Those are that, so. This is where doctrine and the things we're talking about beautifully are interwoven together. Mm-hmm. Because we, how do we know that He loves us so? Doctrine, right? Yeah. And then as we talk like this, we—I'm not afraid to use this word—we experience the love of Christ yeah. for us. You know, you, know? you and I have worked a lot. I'm gonna cut you off. Sorry. 
That's fine. <laughs> you and I have, in our own personal ministries, I, I, I'm not going to say what a kind of influence we have because I have zero uh, understanding if we've ever influenced anything. But in my life and your life, we've recovered, I think, a lot of some of the wonderful parts of Reformed theology. Of course. And I think we have also called out the Reformed faith on things. This is one of them, Justin, where the Reformed... We've, we've touched on it before. Yeah, the Reformed faith is afraid of smiling. You know? Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, the, one I'm of the pitfalls of confessionalism yeah, is I'm dead orthodoxy. Exactly. But yeah, this, uh, you know, all right, I'll just say it this way. Chris Gordon was just saying how much he appreciates how vocal and, and engaged we are with his sermons. You know, it was just yeah. fun. And I've, I've, I'm happy to be the amen section. That's right. And I've even bristled at times against, you know, we will pick on our charismatic brothers who only talk about experience all the time. Sure. But then there are times I realize that um, Satan has you and his, and his world, those who have rebelled against the king, uh, has used that to rob us. You mean to tell me that that woman with the issue of blood didn't experience something? Right. No, exactly. Uh, uh, you, you mean the woman at the, his feet in tears? Mm -hmm. She wasn't experiencing? I mean, mm -hmm. come on, man. Yeah. You know, when well, Paul's like talking about how God's grace is sufficient for him and his weakness, mm -hmm. you think that's, he's not feeling something at that moment? Amen. And I, I think what I'm wanting to do and what you're wanting to do uh, as pastors in our own churches, what we want to do with Theocast is to continue to work at being able to better marry that's right. Doctrine and experience, because they are not in any way against one another. Yeah. One, like doctrine drives experience, right? Because the, the experience needs to be grounded in truth. That's right. But we ought never pull the two apart as though you want one and not the other, or could have one and not the other. That's right. Or that doctrine ought not lead to this. Right. So we, we need to, that's part of, I think for me even, as I've thought more about preaching, it's the way that I mean to apply yeah. the scripture has a lot more to do with this component and helping pull people into this exercise that like you and I have done even behind these microphones at points in recent weeks and months. Right. And so, yeah. to, to so your I, point, like I have a thought that I want to make, I, a comment that I want to make to people because, based on something that we heard this week, but I, that can wait a moment. Go ahead. A lot of times people don't understand what doctrine is. So doctrine is truth. And teaching, truth, right. But truth applied. Right. Right. So like, I'll give you an example. Uh, it's true that my wife loves me. Mm -hmm. And when she sent me a text earlier this week when we were gone and she said it at the right time mm -hmm. in, a, in a very special way to us and me, it did something for my heart, man. Like I, I experienced my wife's love in ways that if you told me you love me, I appreciate that and I do love you. But when she tells me that, mm -hmm. I'm like, man, mm -hmm. it, it gives me goosebumps. You know, right. it's like, it, it's special to me right. because that's, that's her love for me. Right. And, <clears throat> I'm not trying to chase that down. I'm not trying to chase down one experience to the next. We're not chasing goosebumps. We've talked right. about this before. Right? But this is not that. That's right. But when, when, when I'm at church on Sunday and the congregation is singing, "How deep the Father loves love," and I was like, "Man, His love is—he loves me, and right. I need to hear that." And right. I'm not looking for that experience. But when you apply the doctrine to it, it's like your heart man, goes. I've had the, I've had the week of weeks. Mm -hmm. And it's so good oh, it's so to good. hear the doctrine applied through the congregation, singing through it. the voices to me saying, hey, 
John, this is a message from well, your God. He loves you, yeah. friend. Yeah. <laughs> he well, loves yeah. you. Or we're singing of, yeah, his love for me, or or it's just like, here's here's what Jesus did. Here's how Jesus loves us. And we're all collectively like, man, you daggum right. And right. like, it's why we're here. And like, praise be And I don't mean name. emotional music. No. I mean the truth no, coming exactly. to me. Exactly. And it's I, just a good I don't need lights thing. and emotions. So I've said this a lot lately. I'm just going to continue saying it because it's on my mind and heart and just going to trust the Lord in it. This was not the comment that I was going to make. I've got one other one, and then I will shut it down. Yeah. Um, the I I'm everybody knows probably everybody everybody in here knew. Um, <laughs> everybody that uh, listens to this podcast or has for any period of time knows that I have a lot of affinity for the Marrow controversy and yeah. for the Marrow men and for Thomas Boston, yep. and that's fine. Um, but I'm I've been affected a lot over the years and a lot in recent months in thinking about how Boston said and Sinclair Ferguson writes in the whole Christ we should never separate Christ from his benefits. And so preaching the gospel is not just preaching the benefits of Jesus, Mm. right? It's not just preaching justification or even sanctification or glorification or whatever. It, or even bodily resurrection. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's like specific things, right? It's not just preaching that stuff. It's actually holding him out to sinners and saying, hey, uh, if for everybody who thirsts, come and drink come to the waters and drink. If you got no money, come and buy wine and milk, you know, uh, without money and without price. If you're weary and heavy laden, come to him. That's preaching the gospel. That's right. And that's been affecting for me. And it's like, man, the goal in one sense of my preaching in these days is I want the tincture to use the old word that was used apparently of Thomas Boston's preaching. It's like, I want the tincture of my preaching to be Jesus. Yeah. Like, what is it? And I, I know you would say the same. Like if you're going to go to Covenant Baptist Church in Asheville or Grace Reformed Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee, and hear a sermon, what's going to be the tincture? What's mm. going to be the thing that colors and flavors the entire message and, and the entire service, really? I want it to be Jesus. And I think we've always thought in these ways. We've always said this. And I think maybe by God's grace, we're just having our eyes opened to how we can do that better. So my last word here is maybe a word of caution and maybe a word of rebuke for some, and that's okay. Um, this came up this week in our conference and stuff. If we are the kind of people who are just kind of geeked up to learn new things, Mm -hmm. to just like learn stuff. And that's what really drives and motivates or, or I, I go to church, like I go to church, I go to service to be, to grow in my discipleship. Amen. But the ways that I think that occurs is I want to learn something so that I just know more, uh, or I want you to tell me things that I need to do better, give me wisdom so that I can live better. Like if those are the things that you're going for, not saying you shouldn't go for those things at all, but if those are the things that you're like, okay, I'm locked in with you, pastor. Preacher, I'm with you, baby. You're giving me wisdom. You're giving me exhortation. You're giving me instruction. You're telling, oh, that's very interesting. That's a new fact. I'm going to plug that away in the database. And I know that now I'm with you. But then when you get to the part or the parts in your message where you're just holding Jesus out to us, just holding Jesus out, you know, that's the way I said it. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay. Mm. Uh, Yeah, that's good. Um, But you make sure you do that other stuff uh, because we don't need too much of this. Or I, I know this part. Or I'm just kind of, okay, yeah, he's, he's going to hold Jesus out again. I'm just going to tune out because I'm not going, not getting wisdom. I'm not getting instruction. I'm not going to learn something new. If that's our posture in going to church, that's concerning. And we should think, not that you're not a Christian, but just let this be a correcting word to you that 
maybe something is spiritually awry. Like something in your soul, something in your perspective is amiss. It's wrong in that I'm thinking that something other than Jesus being held out to me is what I need to lock in on and is what I'm geeked up about. I, and this is this not sounds self-righteous, uh, but it's like, for me, I'm like, man, I'm not going, if I'm going to some other church or if I'm sitting under the preaching in my own church, like, brother, don't, I, I ain't here for your wisdom. Mm-hmm. If, there's, if there's exhortation, like, yeah, ask reflective, ask some thought-provoking questions. By all means, do some heart work, expose me, cause me to think better about my life. Amen to all that. But bro, I am here for you to hold the Savior out to me because he's the only hope I've got. And, I'm, and I know that in my soul and please give him to me. You know, yeah, that's how we need to be. I think. Uh, yeah, I think so, you're, I think you're talking the difference about seeing oneself as a historian or archaeologist versus as a desperate sinner who wants to know his savior. Because I, I I hear that sometimes I sit down and I'm like, well, that that was historical data. That's right. That's all that was. That was biblical data. <laughs> yeah, based on the Bible. You told me about Jesus, but. Mm. Did you hold him out to me? And, and people may not know what you mean by that. And what you mean by like hold them out to you. Like, <clears throat> I think this goes back to uh, when, you, when, you, when you think about your Christ, your Messiah, your King. Um, this is the illustration. This is the last one I'll have and we'll end it down. Like, <clears throat> I can tell you a lot about my dad how high he was, what he looked like, what he wore, what he drove. I've done that a lot this week. I've been telling you guys funny stories about him. Mm-hmm. In many ways, you've learned about my dad and you have somewhat of an affection for him because of me. Certainly. But you do not have what I have. No. Right? I have this connection that is personal mm-hmm. and that is, it, it is, it's on a level where, when his name is mentioned or when concepts about him are brought to me, mm-hmm. uh, I, what, one of the things I told you guys was driving around California. I just have memories of my father that just pop up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they're wonder, they're wonderfully refreshing because they remind me of the time I had with him. I was going to say, is, it reminds you of when you were with him. That's right. That's what scripture is. So you're talking about right. holding Christ out to yeah. you. Remember what he did right. and who that is for you and right. how that affects you. Right. It affects you in every area of your life. And it's Christ for you, the benefits of his works on your behalf versus this is important data. And it's so yes. hard to explain that if you haven't been underneath Yes, it. and it's not like holding Jesus out to us is effectively to say, like here, he is, he is with us. He is for us. He is for us. <laughs> he loves you. And here is what, like, he is saying this to you. He, his posture toward you is like this. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's not just, I mean, amen, all of the things of his, is not divorced from doctrine. No. He obeyed the law perfectly. He died in our place, right? He rose from the grave. He ascended to the right hand of the Father. He's coming back. Mm-hmm. Amen. Like, it, it's never divorced from any of that. But it is also in him doing all of those things for you. Like that's, that's real. He's doing that for you. And here is how he loves you. And here's his word to you. Like you're afraid. Here's what he's got. Here, dear saint, hear this. 
he's speaking to you. You know, you are lacking assurance. You're not sure you're going to make it. Hear him. Look at him. He's with you. This is his word of peace to you. That's you know, right. like that's holding Christ out. That's right. Like cast yourself on him, trust in him alone, right? right. That is the invitation of the gospel. Amen. Right. And I would say this is, in my opinion, we were talking about this on about 5.5 in the way here and providence of God in our own sin and failing. I believe the confessions really help present that Amen. to the believer yeah. that here's what's right and true about the scriptures and why it matters because it's mm -hmm. Christ for you. Mm -hmm. So everything that Theocast is about, which is covenant theology, law, gospel, distinction, saint, sinner, all of that, if it doesn't lead you down to Christ for you, how personally Christ mm -hmm. loves you, has affection on you, then all that doctrine is of no value. Yeah. It must result in the faith and trust in in Christ. Yeah. And that faith and trust, and I'll just the last thing I'll say, the yeah. faith and trust is he loves you so much he died for you mm -hmm. that that's what your faith and trust is in mm -hmm. nothing else matters because mm -hmm. if you're not underneath his love underneath his grace and mercy you're underneath his wrath and that's not where we want to be all right great Amen, combo man. man we feel like we could keep going um we're so thankful many of you are able to support us monthly and have uh, donated throughout the years and that allows us to do conferences it allows us to travel and produce this content and we have uh, amazing team who put all of it together and put it out and we just want to say thank you for that um, and uh, we're thankful for many of you that have reached out and to encourage us yeah, yeah. and hopefully this was yeah. encouraging to you we have some more uh, coming this year some stuff we're working on we're not ready to put it out yet uh, covenant theology and, and baptism as as an example of a couple things we're working on. Justin's got a book that he's finishing up. Uh, I know we keep referencing it. It, it takes a lot of work. You're, we're not a big publishing The house, editing so process. It just yeah. takes a lot of work. So stay patient with us. Uh, we'll love you guys. And Lord willing, um, I'll be dancing around the throne with you. If that doesn't happen, I guess we'll be here next Wednesday. See ya. Hey everyone, before you go, Justin and I first wanted to say thank you. And if this has been encouraging to you in any way, please feel free to share it. But we also need your support. And it's when you give that it really helps us financially reach more people. So the next time you consider giving to a ministry, we hope that you would pray about Theocast and partner with us as we share the gospel around the world.